This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Tech companies have struggled to keep horrific footage of recent shootings off the Internet. Most recently, the Buffalo, New York shooter live-streamed his account of the massacre on Twitch. Company officials said the video was taken down less than two minutes after the first gunshots, but by then, one of the 22 viewers had already copied and re-uploaded the video to another website. So what happened there? How was that footage already spreading across different streaming websites and platforms and quickly getting millions of views? Drew Harwell reports on artificial intelligence for The Washington Post, and he joins us now. Welcome back, Drew. Hey, thanks for having me. How quickly was Twitch able to identify the content of that live video of the shooting? Uh, Less than two minutes after the violence started, which is pretty amazing in terms of response time because Twitch has, you know, millions of hours that are being streamed every day. So this is actually a, a scenario when, as horrible as it was, the company could have, you know, something could have been done. The company reacted in, in a fast enough time that you would have hoped that maybe this video could have been bottled up and not shared as widely as it was. Yeah, well, did Twitch say how it was able to respond so quickly and take the video down? They haven't really said specifically, and that's kind of common among these companies because they don't want to give the bad guys too much, um, too many clues on how to uh, avoid their systems. But, you know, Twitch, like some of the others, have these reporting mechanisms where if you're watching and something horrible is happening, you can kind of put in an urgent flag to say there's violence happening, something's going wrong here, can we... Can we move? So that was pretty quick. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago with the Christchurch shootings in New Zealand, Facebook kept that shooting um, on live stream for 17 minutes. So while the while the guy was still shooting people, this video you could watch in real time. So there is progress being made, but um, not as much as we would like. And what did tech companies do in response to that, that uh, Christchurch massacre? Yeah, so after that... Um, you know, all the tech companies kind of got together. This was a horrific, really a horrific moment. I mean, this guy, much like the the racists in Buffalo, you know, this guy really meant to draw attention to what he was doing by live streaming. And so he was able to use Facebook's own technology, you know, against, you know, against them by, by doing this. So the tech companies all sort of came together. They created this thing that they call the Global Internet Forum on Counterterrorism. And what it is, is they run a database that's like a terrorist watch list. They can add photos and videos of it whenever these big mass shootings happen. And all of the tech companies that are members of it, like YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, um, when somebody tries to post that video again, the terrorist watch list sort of flags it and says you can't post it. So it's kind of like an industry-wide initiative to block this kind of stuff from going viral. But it's not perfect. Yeah, what are some of their shortcomings? The big problem is that um, not every company on the web is part of this group. So, you know, the bigs are part of it, the YouTubes and Twitters and Facebooks, but um, not every company. And there are a lot of places that you can host a video online, including this one website called Streamable, where people shared the racist Buffalo gunman's video, and it was able to get, you know, millions of views within a morning. Um, and so that's that's one thing. The other thing is that it doesn't catch this stuff in real time, right? It's only after somebody adds the video to this terror database that it can be caught. So real-time streaming will never be caught with this kind of technology. So it's still yeah. something we're going to have to be dealing with. Well, you mentioned streamable there. I know you and uh, Washington Post reporter Will Aremus, you were able to trace where some copies of this Buffalo Shooters 
live stream popped up. What did you two find out exactly about where it resurfaced on the web? Yeah, so you could see, you know, you could see that it started from Twitch, right? This was the one mainstream, so few people watching it. Um, but you could kind of tell that uh, somebody had recorded it from that video. And once they had a copy, they were able to start uh, spreading it more widely. So we could see it sort of popping up in uh, on Telegram, the chat service. So there are neo-Nazi groups on there that were sharing it. There are anonymous message boards um, like 4chan where they were starting to share the video. Um, you could start seeing it sort of bubble up on, on more mainstream platforms. People were taking clips of it and screenshots and putting it on places like TikTok. And so, you know, the Internet is kind of built to be distributed. It's really hard to take something off the Internet um, if somebody wants it to stay up there and, and once it's already online. And so you could just see it sort of just mutate and grow over time. And, and that's what we saw. The more I hear about what the Internet can do, the more I literally cannot stand it, Drew. I know it's it's horrible, you know, and it's you know, the Internet is great for a lot of things. Right. And and this this attribute of the Internet is is good in authoritarian countries where, you know, journalists don't want to be censored and want to get the truth out. Right. Um, but here's, you know, a scenario where it's all of the worst of the Internet. Right. You have this horrible racist gunman who wants to draw attention to this terrible conspiracy theory, and he's able to use websites um to further his cause and people are excited about it and they're sharing this just horrific yeah. scene that just robs the dignity of, of these of these people and these people's families um and you know the companies say they're taking this seriously but we're still dealing with this and we don't really have any feeling that this is ever going to go away so I, I think it is a huge problem yes this guy had 22 too many people watching his yeah. uh, his video can, can streaming sites like twitch can they easily find out when someone downloads a video What's that process? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. I, I sort of don't think so. And it goes to the point, well, and we actually saw one of these videos where you could see sort of the watermark in the bottom corner that says it was taken by a screen recorder. Um, if you're downloading the video, if you're streaming the video and you have some other separate program that's, you know, saving what's on your screen, Twitch is really not going to be able to do much for that. And, you know, you've seen scenarios in other cases, and you, you see this with revenge porn and all sorts of other horrible stuff online, too, where people can re just record it with another phone or they can record it with another um, uh, program or app. It's, it's really hard once something has been streamed or, or presented in that way to mm -hmm. kind of put the genie back in the bottle. And you, you talked a moment ago about that global Internet forum to counter terrorism. And of course, we know the major companies involved there, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Microsoft, and then other niche sites like Streamable, um, they aren't uh, part of the group. Do they have an incentive not to join? Um, that's a good question. You know, uh, uh, they do have to make some sort of commitment to join this um, group. They have to be part of the technology just like the other companies, right? They have to share some of their data. So um, that's part of it. I, I think the big part of it is that these companies are smaller. They don't necessarily think about content moderation, right? I mean, content moderation, you know, looking for uh, bad stuff, right? Child sexual abuse material and scams and, you know, violent videos. Um, all of that costs money for these companies, right? I mean, these companies just 
a company like Streamable just wants to sell advertising and host videos. They don't want to deal in the the swamp of reality, right? That people are going to be misusing the site. So I think for sites like these, they're just they're smaller. They're to a point where they're not maybe taking this uh, problem as seriously until something goes wrong. Um, you know, Streamable allowed you to report the video. They have some content moderators, but when I tried to do it on Sunday when I saw this happening, yeah. I got an auto response that, hey, sorry, we only work Mondays through Fridays. So that just, to me, just sort of showed that um, this was a group that maybe had not, not dealt with this before, maybe wasn't taking it as, as seriously as some of the other companies had, and just wasn't wasn't ready for the, the grim truth, which is that people are going to be misusing these websites in this way. So, Drew, once a video is identified and it's taken down, how can social platforms make sure that a copy of that video isn't posted again? It's stuff like the Global Internet Forum, right? Mm. What they do is, you know, they they take a little fingerprint of each one of these videos or images, and they say, okay, if you ever see that on the website, if somebody tries to upload it or host it, um, just automatically block it. Don't allow them to to share it. So if you go on Facebook right now and try and post a video like this, try and upload it, you're going to get an indication that, sorry, this is not allowed. So I think as a technical as a technical. Uh, firewall, that, that's a good thing. But it's, it's imperfect. Like we saw on Sunday, what you could do was still post a link to that streamable video on Facebook. So you were still getting people to this video um, uh, and just sort of getting around the, mm-hmm. the Facebook rules. So the, the best systems they have right now are these kinds of systems. And they've used this with child sexual abuse material too, where they really take what they call a hash, like a, a fingerprint or a signature of these videos and, and images. So you can't Post them again, but again, this is this is a new technology, and um, bad people, people who are on the internet, even just morbidly curious people, they are creative and they know how to get around these systems. They and sure the tech do. companies are still flat-footed. Well, legally, do the tech companies have options for for what they can do when, when folks do re-upload these gruesome videos that that have been taken down? That's a great question. I think that's probably going to be where we're um, going into next. What are the legal ramifications for this? Can the can the tech company say, okay, somebody is really trying to do this over and over, trying to misuse our our platform to do this? Um, but you know, we have to say, like, it's not illegal to um, share a video like this, right? I mean, it's 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 maybe immoral. I think we can argue it's unethical. It's terrible, um, but. There, there's no law sort of preventing that. And so the companies have kind of found themselves in a situation where they're limited um, in, in what they can do. And so that's why we still see every time we have a mass shooting, it's the same old deja vu yeah. situation where yeah, people are, are going to keep doing this. Yeah. Well, leave us with this, Drew. What should folks do if they do see a video like this online? Like, is reporting it to the platform enough? I think reporting is probably the bare minimum you can do. It may not do anything, but sometimes it can. I mean, they, these companies do have content moderators. I, I think, you know, personally, I feel like it's not really worth it to watch these things, right? Just from a, a human standpoint, like, oh, absolutely let's not. remember these people. Let's give them the dignity of not sharing this stuff. I mean, this guy in his, he calls it a manifesto. It's just a screed, just a racist rant, right? I mean, yeah. but he was saying, like, he wants to get this video out. He wants people to help him share this his cause. I think the best thing we can do is to ignore him, not share his cause, not share um, this terrorist propaganda and really just sort of think about the victims and think of what we can do to stop this kind of hate from happening again. 
Drew Harwell reports on artificial intelligence for The Washington Post. Thank you, Drew. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.